0: We're going to dig in to some word. Are you ready? Um, You know, in this day of technology, uh, I I was thinking the other day, I don't know if they still do this, but uh, last last I knew that they still have wake-up calls at hotels. Does anybody, can anybody verify that? You still have the option, right, for a wake-up call. At a hotel, even though you got your cell phone and your alarms and you can do, you can shut this off, and leave this on or vice versa, but hotels still do wake up calls. Well, I, I got a, uh, a message for you today and the message title is simply this. Hello, this is your wake up call. <laughs> Someone say hello. hello. This is your wake up call. And uh, I, I I believe that there's a call by the Spirit of God that's coming out to the church. And that it's a season for those who have ears to hear. And that's not these ears. Because you can hear the sound of words here. And they go in one and out the other as the saying goes. I'm talking about the the ears of your spirit, the ears of your heart. He that has ears to hear, let them hear. So this is a a message that I believe God wants to get across to us today. Why don't you go to Ephesians 5 and uh, we're going to read three uh, uh, pretty lengthy portions of scripture just as a starting point today. Uh, you, You know, the great thing about the word is when the word already says what you need to say, why reinvent the wheel? Just read it. There's nothing wrong with teaching. And there's nothing wrong with explanation, obviously. But when the, when the Lord puts it out there as clear and simple and plain as you can get, you can't improve on it. Just read it. Just read what it says. <laughs> so I want to start doing some reading today. Ephesians 5. Uh, let's check out verse 8. It says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit, is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, Arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the spirit. Also, I want to look at Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. then. As we're reading, I want you to go ahead and focus in on the the themes in here. There there are certain themes, and as we keep on reading these next two portions of Scripture, you're going to see uh, recurring themes. And I want you you to really pay attention to to what these Scriptures are saying to you. Uh, Romans 13, 11 through 14 reads as follows. And do this, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. To fulfill its lust. And then 1 Thessalonians 5. We're going to read verse 5 through verse 8. 1 Thessalonians 5. 5 through 8. And it reads as follows. You are all sons of light. And sons of the day. We are not of the night. Nor of darkness. Therefore let us not sleep. As others do. But let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. And uh, I want to talk to you today, as I said, our title is, Hello, This Is Your Wake Up Call. But in this context, I want to talk about people that that may find themselves in in several categories. And uh, first of all, I want to talk to the sleepy. And I'm not talking about those that need an extra cup of coffee today. We're talking about sleepy in the spiritual sense of the word. You know, it's interesting that in the context of what we just read, and I don't know if you noticed this, but it was sure real clear to me that sleep was always connected to darkness and night and that being awake and being aware was connected to light and day. Oh, can I repeat that for somebody today? That that in the context of what we just read, that sleep was always connected to darkness and night, but being awake and aware was connected to light and day. You know, God wants you to enter into rest enter into spiritual rest. But spiritual rest is not spiritual sleep. Mm -hmm. See, spiritual rest is right and proper. Those who have believed, Hebrews teaches us, have entered into rest. But spiritual sleep is a totally different condition from spiritual rest. And spiritual sleep is something that we're actually warned about here in Scripture, as you can see. So I want to give you some tips for spiritual sleep prevention. <laughs> tips for spiritual sleep prevention. One thing I want to show you today is that a very common word used, especially throughout the New Testament, is the word watch. You see, watch and pray, uh, You've even seen the the word "watch" used several times in the verses we read already today. And, And you know what that means? It means stay awake. It means stay awake. And there's a call going out by the Holy Ghost to the church today that says, if you're sleeping, wake up. And if you're awake, stay awake. So check this out. These are tips for spiritual sleep prevention, and, and these are things that we've seen in the verses that we just read today. First of all, uh, we read uh, over in Ephesians that you were once darkness, but now you're light in the Lord, walk as children of light. So the first uh, tip for spiritual sleep prevention I want to give you is uh, act like who you are and not like who you are not. Are you with me? Act like who you are and not who you are not. As a matter of fact, listen to this. Don't define who you are by how you act, but define how you act by who you are. Oh, can I talk to somebody today? As a matter of fact, keep that up there for a minute. Let that soak in. Don't define who you are by how you act, but define how you act by who you are. See, see, there's times where, you know, uh, somebody, a brand new baby in Christ, getting started on the road, heading the right direction. And and, and they're they're at a point where, where they fall into sin. And what do they do? They start beating themselves up and they say, well, I thought something happened and I thought I changed. But based on what I just did, I must be the same old person. Now, is that true? No. No. It's the furthest thing from the truth. They really had an experience with God. They really got saved. They really met Jesus. They just messed up. But what did they start to do? They started to define who they were by how they acted. But what are we told to do? Define how we act by who we are. To say, no, I am no longer a child of darkness, a child of the night. I am now a child of light, a child of the day. And therefore, because that's who I am, this is how I'm going to act. I'm going to define how I act by who I am. And who I am is who God says I am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So act like who you are, not who you're not. The Bible tells us also over in Ephesians 5 that we should uh, walk as wise and not as fools. That's a heavy revy. But there's a whole lot of foolishness in the world. There's a whole lot of foolishness that we've allowed into our lives. Where wisdom is so close. First of all, you got wisdom right here. In your tablet, if you got your Bible in there, if you're using your phone, wherever your word is, that's wisdom. And then besides that, you've got the Spirit of God inside of you. Wisdom. He's a spirit of wisdom. Besides that, anything that you need as far as wisdom from God is just as close to you as asking for it. Because if you lack wisdom, you can ask of God and he'll generously lay it on you. He's not chintzy with it. That's what James chapter 1 verse 5 teaches us. So so in that context, there's no reason for us to be fools. When we have access to all this wisdom, let's check out Romans 13, 13, and 14 again. We just read it, but let's look at it in this context the idea of act like who you are and not who you are not. Uh, Romans 13, 13, and 14 says, Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ, make no provision for the flesh. To fulfill its lust. So walk properly. Walk like who you are. Don't walk like who you used to be. You're not out doing your thing anymore. And if you're still doing your thing, let the Lord change your thing. Because some of y'all, your thing ain't working for you. Hey. Let us walk properly. As in the day, walk as people of the day, not people of the night, people of light, not people of darkness. Don't be walking around in lewdness and lust and strife and envy. Act like Jesus because you've been made like Jesus. You're a new creature in Christ. You, you, you are a member of the body of Christ. How can you separate the, the, the body from the head? The body and the head are connected. Phyllis, if I saw you walking in this morning, I want to say, here comes Phyllis in her body. I want to say, here comes Phyllis' body in her head. I just say, here comes Phyllis because her head and her body are connected. Don't we know that's the truth with Christ? That he is the head and we are the body. And we're connected together. Hallelujah. You know, and also along the same line, the idea of act like who you are and not who you're not. First Thessalonians 5, 5, and 6 says, You're all sons of light and sons of the day. We're not in the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. You're not not a son of the dark. You're not a daughter of the dark. So therefore, we're going to act like who we are. Which means that the seed of Almighty God is inside of us. And the ability is inside of us to be like him. For Peter tells us that we are partakers of the divine nature, which means if that's the truth and it is that we as believers in the Lord Jesus, it can be natural to us to act like him because we've got his nature inside of us. Some would say, woo, well, that's too good to be true. But it's true. It's the gospel. It's good news. Hallelujah. So let's see. Let, let's go ahead. Further tips of spiritual sleep prevention. Hey, put on your armor. Someone said, put on your armor. It's interesting how, how we see two references here that, that talk about putting on armor as a cure for getting out of the night stuff into the day stuff, getting out of the dark stuff into the light stuff. Romans 13, verse 12. says, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Glory to God. Take a look at 1 Thessalonians 5.8. We just read it earlier, but I now I want to glean some things out of here. But let us, whoever the day, be sober putting on what? The breastplate of faith and love and as a help, the hope of salvation. So so here once again is this armor in relation to the fact that we're of the day. And since we are of the day, we need to put on this kind of armor with the other scripture defined as the armor of light. Hallelujah. And so not only will... Uh, do you have a sword? Obviously what Ephesians 6 talks about when describing the whole armor of God and it talks about the sword of the spirit which is the word of God but then you've also got all this other armor that can prevent you from uh, the, the attacks of the enemy. And one thing that Ephesians 6 uh, specifically mentions when describing the whole armor of God talks about the fiery darts of the wicked one or the, the fiery darts of the devil. So I want you to think about this, that one of the intentions of the devil to shoot you with a dart is to shoot you with one of those darts that will put you to sleep. Shoot you with one of those darts that, that, that will uh, rob you of your uh, uh, alertness, rob you of your get up and go. He said, can I shoot this person with a dart that will just mm, drain the energy, drain the life out of them, discourage them to the point Where they're just kind of one eye half open, just going along, but not alert and aware, which is the way we need to be all the time, but especially in these last days that we're living in. So is there a plan of the enemy to attack us in a way that would draw us into a condition of spiritual sleepiness? You bet there is. But there is armor available to the saint that can keep you from getting into such a condition. Then also we we see uh, uh, another aspect of tips to spiritual sleep prevention. Learn how to walk. Learn how to walk. You know, uh, when a baby gets in maybe that nine-month range, you know, Crawling sometimes isn't enough anymore and there's that something that wants to get up and go. And you say, what's happening Well, they're learning how to walk? Well, you know what? Believers are born again, born again a baby. And believers need to learn how to walk too. And the Bible is very specific about how to walk. Romans 13, 13 talks about walking properly. Ephesians 5 15 talks about walking circumspectly, which means to walk diligently, accurately, and exactly. So, I mean, think think about this. You know, that this is an exact walk. You know, that exact means that there is a, a right and a wrong. And when you're being exact, you're being exact for that purpose because there is a right and the wrong. So therefore, you don't want to walk into the wrong stuff. You want to walk into the right stuff. You, you don't want to walk in darkness. You want to walk in light. You want to walk diligently. You want to walk accurately. You want to walk exactly. You don't want to love your brother some of the time. Because that wouldn't be exact. You don't want tithe 2%. Because the word tithe means tenth. You can't tenth 2%. So, so the, there's an exactness, a clear line between right and wrong. And I'm taking clear, intentional steps to walk right, to walk properly, to walk circumspectly, accurately, intentionally, exactly as God says, I should walk. Come on, somebody. And now here's a biggie for you, along with our other tips for spiritual sleep prevention. Think about this. How many of you, you may have been told this as a child. You may still be told this as an adult. You may tell this to your children. Don't be afraid of the dark. Anybody with me? All right. Now, if you still sleep with your Hello Kitty light on, I won't hold it against you, all right? <laughs> but but let, let, let me hit it from a different angle. Look at this. Don't be afraid of the light. See, it's one thing to say, don't be afraid of the dark, but I'll tell you what, I think the problem with us, a lot of us are afraid of the light. You know, the Bible says, you were once darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. Walk as it. Walk is a child of light. Light is something not to be avoided. Light is something to be embraced. Ephesians 5, 13 and 14. But all things that are exposed are made manifest or made visible by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Verse 14. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. See, don't be afraid of what the light is going to reveal is there. Because let me tell you something. Whether the light's on or the light's off, it's still there. If you got your shirt on backwards, what are you going to do, stay in the dark room? I, I, I just don't want to face the truth about myself. I got my shirt on backwards. Or do you want the light to get turned on? So you can go ahead and get yourself straightened out and look right. The emphasis of light is amazing. The scripture said we read it, put on the armor of light. The scripture also said you're the sons of light. So let's examine this light issue. Don't be afraid of the light. I want to look at some words here out of John chapter 3. John 3, we'll start with verse 18. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Next verse. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Next verse. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. Next verse. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. You know what? It is time for us to not be afraid of the light, to not be afraid of what the light is going to expose, show us about ourselves, show us about the... Uh, things in our life, things about our perception of God that may need to be adjusted, things about God's perception of us that we need to know about. You know what? God has things to say. You know, Jesus spoke to churches in the book of Revelation. He showed up, and you know what he said? He said, hey, this is what you're doing good, and this is what you really need to work on. So he came to Affirm what was being done right and correct what was being done wrong. Why are we afraid of light? Why are we afraid of being able to find out what we need to find out about ourselves so that God can go ahead and, and, and uh, help us straighten things out that need to be straightened out? My goodness. What are we afraid of? That there's something that we're doing now that we're not going to get to do anymore? Well, here's the thing. If the light's going to expose it in something that's not good for you, what do you want to keep on pretending it's all right when it's not all right? What do you want to go ahead and say, let's keep the lights off. Because if they if keep the lights off, then I can pretend I don't know. You can't pretend like you don't know because God knows that you know. Oh. You know, I, I remember, and it's just one, one little moment in time that seems to be frozen. And, and I believe God did it because it's such a great picture. I remember as a kid just being out in the woods. And this one moment where there's this big old log on the side of the walking path. And you know what I did? I turned the log over. And guess what? As soon as the light hit underneath where the log was, all the bugs went running. And I'm telling you today, we need to have some bugs running in the house of God, running out of the house of God. Because we've got people that aren't afraid to turn the log over. Someone say, turn the log over. Let the bugs go running. You know, I'll tell you this. uh, you, You need to do more than turn over a new leaf. You need to flat turn over the log. Come on now. And allow the light to shine where the light has not been allowed to shine in a long time. And let the bugs go running. So there's no aspect of our life, no aspect of our personality, no aspect of anything we do that is closed off to light. The light can shine on everything. God can expose everything. God can make everything visible. Because if there's something that's not right, I want it to be right. I don't want it to stay wrong. I've come too far and traveled too long to stay wrong. I want to be right with God. Now that's the message for the sleeper. Here's a message for the slacker. Well, Proverbs 6. A message for the slacker. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Next verse. Which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, keep going, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, old oh sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep so shall your poverty come upon you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Very interesting to notice what the Bible says about slackers. And here's the thing, we can apply this in multiple ways, but I'm not talking about Particularly uh, the time you get up in the morning or the time you get up on Saturday or the time you get up on Sunday. Oh Lord. But, but I'm talking specifically about being a spiritual slacker. There's something to be said about the end. And the way the ant goes about its business, without somebody looking over their shoulder all the time, but they know that when the sun is shining, they need to go ahead and handle things in a way so that when the sun's not shining anymore, that they can be ready for that season. So that they can have food when they really need it by storing up a little extra when they don't. Because you know what? We're in a tough season, y'all. A tough season because when the, the enemy knows that his time is short, there is no surprise that he wants to turn up the heat on saints. So we cannot be uh, oblivious to this. We need to be very aware of it. And we need not to be slackers, but those who are, uh, shall we say, on duty, ready to roll. Not trying to pour concrete in the storm when it's raining. But to have your house built solid during the time of sunshine so that when stormy weather comes, you're not trying to do an emergency building project in stormy, muddy, wet weather. Proverbs 19 verse 15 says this. says laziness casts one into a deep sleep and an idle person will suffer hunger. So think about this. In the day where we're getting a wake-up call, laziness can cast you into a deep sleep. That's why it's something to be on guard about, stay away from. It's interesting. The biggest part of laziness in the church is the expectation for other people to do something about my spiritual walk rather than me do something about my own spiritual walk. Thank God for everything we've got access to. Thank God for it. But I'm here to tell somebody today that some of the best things you get from God are not going to be the things that you got by reading somebody else's devotional, listening to somebody else's program. Some of the best and most lasting things you get from God are going to be based on the digging you did for yourself to get it. It's amazing how how would we have this expectation of somebody else to do our praying for us and our reading for us and our digging for us rather than to be in a situation where we do some of our own? Hey, imagine that. Now, now, is God intended for you to be blessed by the ministry of others? Absolutely. We understand the, the fivefold ministry gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. We understand, seek, need a shepherd. Thank God we got a shepherd. Thank God we got a good shepherd. Yet at the same time, you don't want such a reliance on other people to be your only source of spiritual nourishment. And you're not doing something to just flat out feed yourself. Proverbs 13.4 says, well, actually, let's do a Proverbs 21, 25 in the New Living first. It says, despite their desires, the lazy will come to ruin, for the hands refuse to work. Now, think about that. Having a desire and still coming to ruin. Wanting something, but still coming to ruin. Because they say, I want it, but... They're not doing what it takes to get the thing that they say they want. Proverbs 13, 4. The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. Boy, is this important or what? Lord help us. Hebrews 6, check it out. Hebrews 6, 11 and 12 says, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Go on. That you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So how can you avoid becoming sluggish? How can you be the best imitator of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise? Go back to verse 11 again. Just go back. I want you to see something here. It says, show the same diligence. That means you are consistently diligent. That means you're not, "Woo, I'm ready to go one day. Glory to God. Just give me a squirt gun. I'll put hell out. I'll squirt out all the fire, you know. So excited one day. And then all the hairs out of your balloon by Monday morning. Crank by that sermon on Sunday and as lame as can be on Monday. Come on. Show the same diligence. Show the same diligence. What's that talking about? That's talking about consistency. Oh, Lord. Consistently diligent. That will save you from being a slacker, which will save you from deep sleep, save you from ruin, save you from having desires, but nothing to show for your desires, because you never did what was needed to be done to pursue and recognize those desires. Let me talk to you. We talk about this, the sleepy. We talk about the slackers. Let's talk about the selfish. People that are spiritually selfish to the point. Where, as long as they're all right, Uh, oh Lord, as long as I'm all right, yeah, I know Jesus and I'm going to heaven. But am I bothered by the untold multitudes who aren't? Proverbs 24. says this deliver those who are drawn toward death and hold back those stumbling to the slaughter go ahead if you say surely we did not know this does not he who weighs the hearts consider it he who keeps your soul does he not know it and will he not render to each man according to his deeds so here's the thing we're told to deliver those that are drawn to death and hold back those that are stumbling to the slaughter. But what, what if we say, oh, I well, I, I don't know. I, I didn't know there was anybody being drawn to death or stumbling to the slaughter. No, well, I didn't know. Well, let me ask you this. Are they saved? Well, uh, I, no, I, don't, I don't think so. Not as far as I know. So here we are Saying, oh, I don't know, when in reality we do know. And that's what that verse 12 indicates, that God knows that you know. We can't pretend that we don't know when we know. Remember the parable of the Good Samaritan? Well, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and keep on walking and pretend I didn't see that guy dying on the side of the road. Oh, Lord, help us. Lord, help us. No, you can't pretend that you don't know things when you know them. You can't pretend that you don't see things when you see them. You can say, Well, I'm all right. I'm good. Thank God. But is 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 that is that enough? Is that enough to say, Well, I'm good, I'm saved? I'm going to heaven. Is that good enough? To show up before the Lord empty? I mean, think about it. You openly talk about restaurants, TV shows, and products that you like to friends and family members. When you got the most ultimate of all products, the treasure you have in these earthen vessels. Your salvation. The fact that Christ saved you. How much more infinite worth that has compared to T V shows and restaurants. Proverbs ten five. He who gathers in summer is a wise son. He who sleeps and harvests is a son who causes shame. I don't want to be sleeping. During harvest, Jesus said, Pray the Lord of the harvest that He'd send out laborers. When I'm supposed to be out laboring, I don't want to be sleeping. When I'm supposed to be out harvesting, I don't want to be sleeping. As a matter of fact, let me tell you this when you are doing something else, when you're supposed to be, when, when, when you're one place, when you're supposed to be something else or do something else, I'll say it like that, trouble's on the way. Just ask King David. He was home at the palace at a time when kings go out to war and that's the time where he got in trouble with Bathsheba. Because he was where he wasn't supposed to be doing something that he, when he was supposed to be doing something else at the same time. Don't be sleeping during harvest. Oh, it'll cost you. Be laboring during harvest. Hey, hallelujah. You know, one of the saddest verses in the Bible, uh, King Hezekiah, who is a good king, you know, uh, for the most part, there's a lot of very positive things written about him, but there's one thing towards the end of his life that is absolutely heartbreaking, and I want to look at it today. You know, some Babylonian envoys came in and, you know, he's showed them all his stuff. And then the prophet Isaiah came to him and said, hey. Don't you know all this stuff you're showing these guys? They're going to go ahead and take it and bring it on home with them, yeah. along with your sons and daughters. And look at the sad response he gave the prophet Isaiah. This is 2 Kings twenty nineteen, in the New Living Translation. Then Hezekiah, Hezekiah said to Isaiah, this message you've given me from the Lord is good. For the king was thinking, at least there will be peace and security during my lifetime. In other words, who cares what happens to sons and daughters to come? At least I've got it good. Oh, let God stir us up today. Let God stir us up today. May we not be the sleepers. May we not be the slackers and may we not be the selfish. May we be the sizzling. Are you ready to sizzle? May we be the ones who are baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. May we be the ones that, that, as the scripture says, don't quench the spirit. We're not allowing the fire of the spirit to be quenched in our life. May we be those who are hot. Let's look at the words of Jesus in Revelation 3. I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. Next verse. So then because you're lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Oh, I'll tell you what. I don't want to be content to compromise. I don't want to meander in mediocrity. Oh, I want Jesus to savor the flavor of me. I want Jesus to not spit me out, but instead say, "Hmm." You you know, we can taste and see that the Lord is good. The Lord wants to taste and see that we're good too. Come on. Hey, I I want the Lord, the the Savior to have uh, a good time savoring the flavor of me. I don't want to be cold and lukewarm. I'm going to be hot. Someone say mucho caliente. Hallelujah. It's time to be sizzling. It's time to be fervent. I said, it's time to be fervent. You'd be crazy to be lazy when fervency is the currency with which you can obtain real results. Let me drop that one on you again. You'd be crazy to be lazy when fervency is the currency with which you can obtain real results. Be a fervent servant Romans 12, the fervent servant, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Be the fervent prayer, the fervent prayer. The last part of James 5, 16, that last part, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So be the fervent servant and be the fervent prayer and also be the fervent lover first peter chapter 4 and verse 8 and above all things have fervent love for one another for love will cover a multitude of sins don't be the sleeper don't be the slacker and don't be the selfish one who's pretending that I don't see, but you know inside that you do. Who's pretending that you don't know when inside you know you do. But be the one who's sizzling. On fire for the Lord. Amen. Pleasing him. And let others catch fire with what you've got. Because family, we need to sizzle for the Lord. Now more than ever. Can you say amen today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Father, we honor you. We give you glory and praise. We thank you, oh God, for the word of God, the spirit of God that's in this place. And Lord, we're so serious about you and about all the things that you desire to do, Lord. We don't want to miss it. We want to get in on it. Lord, I pray anybody in this house that needs to get their business straight, Anybody who's lost that needs to be saved, anybody who's got off track that needs to get on track, Father, I thank you. This is their day to do it, and they won't miss the opportunity that's presented to them. In Jesus' name.